Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hey, Goal Achievers, it's Hal Elrod. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying yourself wherever you are in the world. And uh, personally, I'm on day 18-ish of a quarantine with my family. We started out a self-quarantine and now it's citywide and I think statewide here in Texas and uh, different parts of the world. It's more strict than others. But uh, wherever you are, I'm wishing you healing and health and inner well-being, I think, maybe most of all, since that's the one thing that we can control. The last couple of weeks, we did episodes where I kind of switched up uh, this interview you're going to hear today with J.B. Glossinger. I interviewed him weeks ago and was about to launch uh, this interview, and then this pandemic hit, and I thought, man, I really want to speak on this, so I did an episode uh, called We're All In This Together, An Empowering Perspective on Coronavirus. That was episode 314 of the podcast. If you want to hear that, you can go back to halelrod.com forward slash 314 or find it on iTunes or you know wherever, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then the week after that, uh, John Berghoff and I, uh, we connected and he was doing some really amazing work with his community, utilizing the Zoom platform and the breakout feature where he's able to bring people together and connect them. In fact, I'm doing my first of those tomorrow for the Miracle Morning community. It's our first Miracle Morning virtual meetup, and uh, those are listed in the Facebook group as an event. So if you're not in the Miracle Morning community on Facebook, I invite you, I encourage you to join. It is one of the most inspiring, engaged, supportive online communities that I've ever seen. It's uh, the Miracle Morning community on Facebook. And if you're not on Facebook, I'm sorry, we don't have an off Facebook group, at least not yet. But today's episode, this is a conversation that I had again a few weeks ago with J.B. Glossinger, and I was re-listening to it, and uh, I think you get a lot of value out of it. I hope that you do. I, I, we talked about authenticity. That's how we kicked it off, and that to me was a real the spirit of who J.B. is, is he's J.B. Like he lives his life authentically. He brings his authenticity to everything, to our conversation, to the work that he does. And J.B. is known, uh, you'll, you'll hear the intro here in, in a minute, but Yeah. So I wanted to, uh, I was debating like, oh, should I do another, you know, COVID-19 specific episode today? And I thought, I don't want to delay this uh, great conversation I have with JB any longer. So I hope you enjoy this. And uh, next week I might be back with a very specific update on COVID-19. And also, again, we are doing these Miracle Morning virtual meetups. I should say the first one is tomorrow, but my plan is to continue these. Tomorrow's kind of an experiment where I work out all the tech and, you know, see if it goes off uh, effectively and and helps a lot of people, which is the goal. So last but not least, I'll just leave you with some words of encouragement. Uh, Remember, as I talked about the last couple of weeks, the one thing that we're in control of is our inner world, our inner world, what we think about, what we focus on, what we feel. And I'm really living that, meaning like I'm, I'm working on implementing that advice that I just encourage you to consider, which is really to take responsibility for your inner world. Uh, I'm working on that myself because there's a lot of different variables right now. There's some financial variables and relational variables, and there's different, a lot of unknowns and uncertainty right now. And when we focus on the things that we can't control, 
That's how we create anxiety for ourselves and stress, unnecessary stress. So I'd encourage you to, you know, accept the things you can't change. Yes, be mindful, be aware, you know, stay educated to a point, um, but don't consume yourself with things that are scary, that create fear and anxiety for you. Um, Don't consume yourself with things that are out of your control. Um, Don't consume yourself with negativity because none of that really serves your mental, emotional, or spiritual well-being. And so I'd encourage you to spend a little bit of time, maybe decide, I'll spend an hour a day or 30 minutes a day, like keeping up to date on what's the latest that I need to be aware of with COVID-19 and with the economy and all of these things. Economies, I know a big one right now for a lot of people. Uh, And I'll probably do an episode soon on how I utilized the Miracle Morning when it was the first concept when I came up with it in 2008, seven or eight. Um, how I use that to turn around my economic situation. So I think that's probably going to be an upcoming episode that uh, you can look forward to. Um, But for now, uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation with JB. And most importantly, I hope you're enjoying as many moments as you possibly can at home by yourself or with your family. I've been playing a lot of board games. In fact, my family's out. I can hear them in the other room. They're playing uh, a board game right now. I think they're playing Life. We've been playing Rummy Cube, playing Rummy playing the game of things, playing Monopoly, playing just all sorts of fun stuff and badminton and basketball and going on walks together. So I hope you're, you know, realize that no matter what's going on around you, the one thing that you can control is what's going on inside of you. And so be really intentional about nurturing your soul, your spirit, your mind and your body right now, because this is an opportunity for a lot of us. We have, there's extra time. So take that time to, again, nurture your mind, body, and spirit, and also nurture your relationships. I'm I'm with my wife now uh, a lot more than normal. We're spending a lot more time together. And so I am uh, reading the book Conscious Loving so that I can really optimize our relationship, our marriage, while we are quarantined and in close quarters together. So, all right, I'm done rambling. I love you guys and gals. Love you, goal achievers, and uh, enjoy this conversation with me and J.B. Glossinger. Take care. All right, goal achievers, here we go. This is your friend, your host, Hal Elrod. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And um, today's guest is J.B. Glossinger. And if you don't know J.B., so I uh, had my first one-on-one call with J.B., getting to know each other just a few days ago. But I've been following him, and I guess it's mutual, we found out, but for uh, ooh, 12 years, JB's known as the morning coach around the world. Like his podcast, the morning coach podcast has 40 million downloads. And he was doing it before it was cool. Meaning when I discovered JB, it was 2008 or 2009 when I was searching everything morning, right? I was doing the Miracle Morning, I was writing the book, and I was researching, you know, what's the best information out there on the morning. And I came across this guy, Morning Coach. I'm like, oh, he's like the morning guy, right? Um, JB Glossinger. And it's so crazy that it took us, you know, 12, 11, 12 years before we finally actually spoke and we run in the same circles. We know a lot of people. And uh, yeah, it was interesting in that when I finally reached out to JB, I, I requested him as a friend on Facebook like I don't know, a week or two ago. And uh, he sent me a message saying, hey, I just saw you sent me a message in like 2012, so seven or eight years ago, asking for an endorsement for your Miracle Morning book. I never saw it. I'm so sorry. And you, you know, we could both see the message uh, there in the thread. So kind of funny. 
But uh, JB has advanced degrees, an MBA in business, a, a PhD in metaphysics. I mentioned he's known to hundreds of thousands around the world as the morning coach. And he's a successful motivational speaker, podcaster. He's a coach. He runs masterminds. And I mentioned the daily podcast that he runs, The Morning Coach, downloaded over 40 million times. And I'm actually curious what year that started because I, I know before podcasting was cool, I think JB was one of the early uh, adopters doing it. And by working to align his mission, his values, and his goals, JB's been able to create a life of helping others while still spending time with family, writing, and golfing. And actually scheduling with JB is you're scheduling around his golfing. So I know that's a big passion of his. And uh, JB's passionate about helping entrepreneurs transform their lives, as well as individuals of all walks of life. And uh, I'm excited to have this conversation and kind of continue where he and I, you know, pick up where we left off uh, a couple days ago on our cell phones. Uh, JB, welcome to the show. Hey, Al, I'm, I'm really glad to be here. And I, like, I, like you said, this is 12 years uh, too late, but it's all good. Everything is perfect. And I'm super pumped to be talking with you today. Yeah, man. No, it, it's mutual. And then when we spoke to you today, in fact, maybe we'll start here. I wasn't planning on it, but it feels organic here that when we were talking and we were so similar, I felt we were so similar. And you know, it was your authenticity that I gravitated toward. You were just talking in a way where no trying to impress, but also being like open kimono about like, hey, yeah, here's my life. Here's my business. Here's how things work. Here's what doesn't work for me and that sort of thing. And I just, I really appreciated your spirit. And so I'd love to start there. Authenticity, I know it's something that is a staple. It is one of your values. It's one of my highest values. And I'd love to start there. Just what role does authenticity play in your life? And for everybody listening, what's in it for them? Like how might they consider or approach authenticity in their life, whether it's in the corporate world, whether it's, you know, as an entrepreneur with their customers, their clients, whether it's just as a human being, like talk about authenticity. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on that. No, I love it. How, well, I, you know, for me, you know, I've had a lot of success and failures in life as many of us that are entrepreneurial and, and been in corporate, you know, I was in corporate for 15 years and broke away. And, and, you know, during that time, I was always trying to be somebody I wasn't. I did the MBA, like you mentioned, and then did the PhD. And those letters were always striving to try to find some value, like for me to be valuable. That's why a lot of times I don't even like to talk about them because at those times it was like, if I just get an MBA, maybe I'll make it. If I just get a PhD, maybe I'll make it, you know? And I was always trying to be something and never really valued myself. And it wasn't until I quit my job, left corporate, and then ultimately really failed uh, that I really realized that I had to be myself. But it wasn't until I spent $5,000 that I didn't even have on an image consultant on my first book. And he made me wear these sunglasses and this suit. And I used to go out and, and he, he wanted me to look like this certain way. And I just, I mean, I literally failed so bad. We lost everything. And I just thought, if I'm going to suck this bad at everything I do, I might as well be myself, right? Yeah. And so that authentic that being that authentic self and really believing in myself. And I really believe being authentic means you believe in yourself is really key. Now, I'm not saying you go to corporate and if you're a rock and roll guy, you put on your spikes and you go, you know, (laughs) obviously can't do that. But what I am telling you is I think true authentic belief is what it's about. Believing in yourself that you have value to bring to the world, to any environment you're in, will really allow you to be yourself and then allowing yourself to even show your wounds because I think our wounds are what makes us beautiful. I think Mm. it's what makes us relatable. And so that's what 
true authentic, uh, what I believe being truly authentic is. You can do that in any environment, even in corporate, if you've got to make some subtle changes, right, to fit into the culture. But you can still be yourself and be a little vulnerable and strong at the same time if you truly believe in yourself. I love that. Robin Sharma said years ago, when you're vulnerable with people, they fall in love with you. And I never forgot that. And I always swap out the word, or I don't swap it all, but I go back and forth with when you're authentic, people fall in love with you. And I love what you just said, which is show your wounds. Our wounds make us human. It makes us relatable. And I think that there's that fear of, well, if I show vulnerability, if I'm vulnerable, people will think I'm weak or they'll judge me or they won't like me. And right, isn't it the opposite that's true? Yeah, because you're able to show that, right? I think that's what's truly being authentic is that you have enough you have enough strength to actually talk about your weakness. And I think that's a really important thing because many of us are so worried about what other people think that we're afraid to discuss the weakness. But in our weakness is where our strength comes. I mean, we, we grow by what we go through, right? So if you've gone through a lot and as you meet more and more successful people, and that's a loaded term, very relative, but <laughs> sure, sure. You, you realize most of them have gone through things, right? And, and the more you go through and the more you're able to discuss that, I think the more people you can actually help. Yeah, I know for me that whenever I've, like I did an episode recently to start the new year, counterintuitive to what most people would expect from, I think, a podcaster, which was why 2019 was the worst year of my life. (laughs) And it was just very authentic. I had a really difficult year last year, developed anxiety, diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, stopped sleeping where I'm sleeping three or four hours a night and still dealing with that. But the comments and feedback on that episode, both in quantity and quality, were the probably the best feedback I've ever gotten. And I think that when, you know, we all have stuff, right? We all have stuff. We're dealing with challenges, insecurities, doubts, you know, struggles, stresses, right? And when other people are authentic about theirs, and as you said, show their wounds, when you show your wounds, people go, oh, you're not trying to be cool. You're not trying to impress everybody. You're like me. You've got stuff you're dealing with. So do I. And I think it makes people feel safe to A, be themselves right? It validates who they are and also safe to open up and actually create a connection with another person, whether it's face-to-face or even just you know, listening on a podcast or reading a book and being like, wow, this person's gone through stuff I can relate. And so, yeah, I think that actually real quick, right after I'd read that quote from Robin Sharma, when you're vulnerable, people fall in love with you. One of my biggest fears at that time was right after my car accident when I was 20, 21 years old and uh, I had brain damage. So I had a horrible short-term memory. And I was really thinking at that time, my dream was to be a professional keynote speaker, motivational speaker, if you will. And I thought, I can't remember what I'm talking about half the time in mid-sentence. How in the hell am I going to be a professional communicator for a living? And I was so afraid. And one of the first speeches I gave, I forgot what I was talking about mid-sentence, completely forgot where I was going. And my brain just kind of very quickly and kind of witty, I went, hey, um, you guys, this is a team effort. I have brain damage. I don't know what the heck I was just talking about. Can we work together? What, can you guys help me? And the audience, you know, people started shouting out, you're telling that story about your mom. And I go, yeah, okay. What was the story about? And they go, it was the one where da, 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 da. And three or four people yelled out until finally I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That was, I got it. And then I dove back in. But I still remember to this day seeing a sense of like connection that the audience went, like we all kind of breathed a sigh of relief. And I realized that that vulnerability of that fear that I had, when I just put it out there and I'm like, guys, I have brain damage and I can't remember what I'm talking about. They didn't judge. They didn't dislike me, right? They're like, oh, this guy needs help. He's a human being. 
And then they helped me. And then we all won, if that makes sense. I love that. It's, it's similar to me and Morning Coach. I mean, for years I've done it. It's gone up and down. The technology has failed. I mean, I've made more mistakes than anybody. And I just have always gone to my audience and said, look, guys, I'm sorry. You know, it's not working the way I thought it was, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and everybody's with me. And I mean, those years of like the $5,000 image consultant and trying to be perfect. I mean, when I gave that up, I mean, my emails have spelling errors. They don't look that great. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know it's, it just is what it is. And, and instead of trying to be perfect all the time, I just try to help and love and put good energy out there and be the best that I can be and do it with the right intention. And yeah. I think you can't lose if you do that. I mean, there is a caveat right in the corporate environment. We got to play the games a little bit. Yeah. But I think in overall life, if you just, you go out there with the right intention to help and really help, you know, with no agenda, it, it always works. It just works out. And, and it always has for me. Not saying it's been perfect. It's been the opposite of perfect, but it just has worked in the big picture of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's giving up being perfect for being authentic. I love that. I love that. Well, um, so where I was going to start was... I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background. And when I say your background, obviously you can share anything that's relevant. But for me, I'm curious, like the journey that led you from pursuing advanced degrees, you know, to now spending most of your time golfing, right? Like, but still making this great living. Like, what's that journey? What are the key defining moments along the way? Well, and, and I appreciate you asking. There's been a few, right? I was in corporate and I was making my, I come from a blue collar family in Indiana and I was making 10 times than my parents have ever made. And I'll never forget the guilt of sitting in the office running, I was in aerospace, running the company on the board at like 34, 35 and feeling so guilty that I felt that I shouldn't be there at that point. You know, just saying, mm-hmm. just be satisfied. Why, why, who are you to think you deserve more? Or, you know, you're making so much money, just settle. Right. And that was a big moment for me because I had a lot of psychological issues in that office going, but this isn't what I want to do. And then the other, you know, little devil on my side saying, just quit. And then the little guy on the other side saying, but you need to be satisfied, you know? And I think a lot of people go through that, right? It's like, when do you settle and when do you push? And I finally went back to my mentors, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, you know, all the motivational speakers that I love. And really looked at what I wanted. And the truth was, I never wanted to be that business guy. I wanted to be free. I wanted to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was a big change for me. So I did what most normal people would do. I quit my job. <laughs> Not really most normal people. Wrote a book and had it fail. I mean, it was a disaster. And this was at what age? I was probably about 35, 36 at that time. I'm 50 now. So about 15, 16 years ago. Okay. I'm just curious. I want to dive in a little bit on the weeds as you're going here, but did you have um, money saved? Like, did you quit the job? Did you jump with like nothing and just go, I'm going to pursue my dreams, screw working for somebody else? Or what was the thought process? And like, logistically, were you set up with a little bit of savings? How did you do that? No savings, but we had bought a cleaning company, which we still have, which has been great. So we had something thrown off some income. Okay. It wasn't enough. (laughs) I literally thought, and you're going to laugh at this. I thought I spent $40,000, the last $40,000 I had on a self-published book uh, with a vanity press. And when the book came, it was filled with errors. And it was because I didn't read the PDF before. And so literally I had a house full of books and I was telling my wife that I would be able to sell these in a weekend. I literally thought that, that I would sell these 4,000 books in a weekend. I actually paid to speak an event for $500. Hmm. And I went to that event with about a thousand books and I left with $998 and uh, $475 less money in my pocket than when I went there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so 
it was a disaster. I mean, everything, it didn't work. I actually bought a DVD produ- uh, or CD production like machine before that. And I, I literally thought you went out there and everybody just bought your stuff. And it, it was, I mean, literally a disaster, Hal. It was, it, I, I would never want anybody to go through what I went through those couple of years. Um, I remember going to this little bookstore and going to, to give a speech on my book and they put the books up at the counter and nobody was there and there's these white chairs. So I did a little kind of, you know, I was getting ready to go and a guy sat down. So I got all excited and I, I started reading my book to him and he got up and left. And so I didn't even know what to do. Nobody was sitting there. So I just did the speech to the empty chairs. And then as I was walking out, the teenager that was working the door said, you know, do you want the books? I literally said, just keep them. And I, I went in my car and I, I cried. I literally yeah. cried. I mean, everything that I dreamed about doing, like you being a motivational speaker, writing a book, going out and helping people was just collapsing in my face. I mean, I mean, these books were all over my house. There were 4,000 of them. I thought it was like 10 books. It was 4,000. So I just stared like the worst defeat in my life every day when I went home. It was mm, a reminder. Yeah, I hated that book. I, I love it now because I wouldn't be here. But yeah. what it led to was a buddy of mine telling me, well, you got a good message. Why don't you do something in the morning? So I searched for URLs in two, early 2005 and I found Morning Coach. And so I said, ah, I do Morning Coach. So I started Morning Coach and, and this is a funny one. I went and got a book called How to Build a Website in 24 Hours with Dreamweaver. And I sat up on a Friday night until a Monday morning and I built the first morningcoach.com. It may be the first squeeze page or one of them because I said... <laughs> <laughs> Put in your email and I will give you an 800 number you could call in. And Morning Coach originally was on freeconferencecall.com and people used to call in and I would do it at 6.30 in the morning and 9.30 in the morning for the West Coast. And it was a conference call. So it started as a conference call. Okay. Yeah, it was a conference call. So I would do it and I would go on MySpace. I'm dating myself and I would put ads up all over MySpace. If you want energy, go to morningcoach.com, give me your email and you'll get the 800 number to listen. And People started listening. It was crazy. Um, but then I failed again. Too many people listened. You can only fit 100 people on the call. And so the conference line started crashing. And so I didn't know what to do. So I Googled. It wasn't Google at the time. It was Yahoo or AltaVista <laughs> or one of those. I don't even sure. know back then. Uh, one of those groups. And I, I found how to put audio up on the internet. And it said this podcasting thing. I didn't even know what it was. I had never even heard of it. And I knew there was an iPod because we had the YouTube version of it, like in 2005 with some yeah. music on it. And so I said, okay, well, then I record this and put it up. Now, what was crazy, I was recording on freeconferencecall.com and I didn't know how to mute the lines. So in the backgrounds of my first episodes, there was literally, you could hear a tink, a stream, and a flush. <laughs> and I would get emails from people going, JV, are you going to the bathroom? Because we can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> and those were my first episodes that went up on iTunes. And for the first 100 to 150 through 2005, nobody listened. I mean, very few people. Uh, it really wasn't doing much, but I stuck with it. I, I still to this day don't know why. I got to share the stage with Wayne Dyer and his book, Wisdom of Ages, was mm. on my desk. And I think that had a big part of it. I kept looking at that book going, you can do this. But yeah. then in 2005, iTunes put me on the cover of, wow. of uh, Apple, like the whole thing. To start your new year, you should listen to Morning Coach. Wow. Yeah, and I went top 25. I beat everybody. My podcast then became number one in self-help. You know how it has the top 10 downloads and then the you know the top ones on the right? I used to have all the episodes on the right, all top 10 nice. on the right. So we really started doing well. Um, things were working, but, but between 2005, late 
early 2006 and 2009, I didn't make any money, but I was speaking at Blog World and people were getting to know me and things were going well, but I wasn't making any money. So in 2009, I decided that I needed to go paid. And so at that time it was 20 bucks. Now it's 30 bucks, but I went paid. And at that time I had 12,000 members in a website. I think I had one of the first membership sites. And we, I started charging $20 a month and 1,231 people went with me. I'll never forget that. But the rest of them hated me. And they, I mean, I got 66 negative reviews. I mean, got hammered. And that's why- When you started charging. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, that was another day I cried because Uh I thought so many people would go with me. I thought, man, I've done this for so many years for free. And I was honest. I was like, I need to make money. I'm not making money, you know? Yeah. People want to sponsor me for $200 a month. And I mean, we were broke. We had lost our house at this time. I mean, it was bad. I was doing websites to try to make money while I was doing Morning Coach back then. So it was, it was rough. And then I started taking coaching clients on it. And obviously you do the math, 1,231 times 20. It was like a, a billion dollars to me at that time. Sure. Changed my business, changed my life. And since 2009, I've, I've had Morning Coach. We have our community. A lot of those people are still with me. I've had a couple of coaching clients been with me the same amount of time. It's pretty crazy. And we've built a great community of people around the world. We're in 90 plus countries. And I still do Monday for free and charge for the rest of the month. And now I have obviously masterminds and other programs. But I really haven't marketed much because I'm usually done by 10.30 and out playing golf. And that's just the lifestyle I wanted to build. And I really believe we manifested that through helping people and being authentic and just putting energy out there. What a story. I, I don't, we don't have time for me to, I literally offline, you might have to have another conversation and just go like, not only your journey, I'm like, wait, I self-published with a vanity publisher. They sent me a book with typos. I printed, I lost, like not only your journey have we gone through so many similar things, but the timeline, I'm like, no, that was the year I did that. That was the year I launched my group coaching program. That was the year, like, yeah, it's really, really fascinating to hear you share all this. Now, when we spoke the other day, you said something that really caught my attention and all to the best of my recollection here. You said something along the lines of, you said how when I started to try to do a lot of fancy internet marketing techniques, it really hurt my business. And you said that you thought that the people that had been with you for years could see the marketing was very inauthentic. And I relate to that a lot where just marketing in general, like I just want to add value, add value. We've never really had, you know, we've had a couple sponsors on the podcast, and I always am encouraged, dude, why do you not have sponsorship? And it's just like this, I'm not doing it to make money. Like, I, yeah, I guess couldn't hurt and I should. But I just wanted to hear from you because that's like always a fear of mine is I'm like, I don't want to market to my community, even though there are certain things that I'm like, well, I've got this event or this thing that would add a lot of value. I probably should do some marketing. But I wanted to have you share that, you know, that when you started to do the fancy internet marketing, which you think that's going to, well, more marketing, you're going to do better or whatever. But you actually it almost killed your business. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So probably about the 2000 and um, I would say 13, 2012, I decided to be a big wig. You know what I mean? I was gonna, <laughs> I decided, let's go blow this thing up and took a lot of courses and spent a lot of money on masterminds and went out and started learning and started to apply some of the techniques. And though they worked in certain ways, the fundamental business, like my most important people could see that it really wasn't me you know, the tribe that I built, I guess the term we could use. And so it really hurt me in the long run. The money came in and some of the techniques worked, but at the end of the day, it wasn't the long term that I was looking for. And so, you know, I don't want to hammer marketing so much, right? I don't want to, but I think there's this false thing out there that is the answer to everything where I think it's the opposite. I think it's the relationships you build. And I teach people, and I know not everybody here is entrepreneurial, but I say, go get 500 people 
over five years. If you do that and you get $2,000 a year from them in value added services and, and love them and help them, that's a million dollar business. So even a hundred people at $2,000 a year in value is a $200,000. Sure, sure. Right? So this whole thing that you need all these Facebook people and you need to run Facebook ads and you need to do all these things. No, you need to get out and talk to people and love them and shake hands. And, you know, I, I would assume most of your listeners haven't heard of me, maybe some have, but you don't need millions of people. And that's what I learned in that process is when I went to go get the people and focused on the numbers, it killed my business. And as I've got back to focus on the people instead of the numbers, it works. Now, how do I market? I believe that you just tell people, I got an event coming up. This is what's happening. I got this course coming out. And that's what's been successful for me. I don't have to do a bunch of fancy stuff and shoot a ton of videos and do all this, all these things because most of the people that are going to buy from me from the warm market anyways, right? So they already know me. So it's just like, this is what we're going to do. And, and I think what marketing is now is to go get those 20 people a month or five people a month and, and get to know them put them in your systems so that you can offer them something. And that's been my focus and it really, really works well. You know, develop great communication channels and help others instead of trying to do some of these, you know, buy the $3,000 course and then add this technique and you're going to do this webinar, which will convert into this funnel and then you're going to make all this money. Yeah. No, just focus on value and then put out great things and some things will work, some things won't and be honest with it and keep moving. But yeah, marketing is a weird thing. We need to do it in a way but I think if you overdo it, it can actually hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And that's one of my biggest insecurities in businesses is, is over marketing, you know? And actually, similar to what you shared, you know, in terms of just adding value and really even one to one communication, I launched, uh, and this is where we had a similar year when by uh, 2009, I think it was, was the first time I went from being a one on one coach to launching a group coaching program. And it happened totally accidentally where my coaching feedback then was like 500 bucks a month for you know a few calls a month. And I had a, a manager of a company reach out and he said, I can't afford your coaching fee. I'm new. I, you know, I just started in my business, but I've talked to four of my colleagues that are also new. This is our first year in management. And uh, we were wondering if we could all come on a call, like basically all hire you as your, and pay you 100 each, 500 total, and just get on one call. And we all kind of get together ahead of time and talk about what we want help with. And I'm like, oh, sure, great idea. I've never done that before, but let's give it a try. And after the first couple of calls, they said, Hey, we have other managers that want on and they want to pay a hundred dollars a month to join in. You know, I've got like, we got like three of them. And so long story, you know, not too long. And I hopefully this is helpful for anybody listening in terms of, you know, you can apply something like this because it's old school. You almost like go, well, it's not fancy funnily, but like the light bulb went off and I went, yeah, wait a minute. If I'm doing this call anyway, and I'm adding a lot of value and, and if I can go from five to eight, why not go to 80, right? Or if the value is the same and I could just scale this with a lot of people. And I emailed those five clients that started out with me and I said, Hey, do you have anybody you know that would want to get on the program um, and join the calls for the same price you guys are paying? And you know, they emailed a bunch of referrals. I literally reached out via text and then jumped on a one-on-one call for like 15, 20, 30 minutes with each of these people. But doing that within... And it was yeah, $100 a month within... A, few months, it grew from those five individuals to like 220. So again, you can do the math, 220 times $100 a month. You know, and that was more, like you said, that was like a billion dollars. That was more money. I had just had my first baby, my wife and I, right? And this was like total game changer. But again, 
It wasn't doing the fancy internet marketing. It was literally texting prospects, right? You know, and I at least got to where I had a text that I could copy and paste, like a little script, right? So I didn't have to type it out every time. But yeah, I mean, I literally grew a, a multi six figure business, one person at a time. And I think you know, you, I think we have a mutual friend. You know Brian Kurtz, right? You know Brian. I don't. Oh, Brian's. Or if awesome. I do, I, Brian, I'm sorry. I'm. Forget- <laughs> yeah, he comes from the copy world. I, he knows like everybody. Just a guy that's. Oh, oh, oh! And now I'm, I have a picture in my head. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, direct marketing, kind of a yeah. copy guy, really good guy. But he learned from a guy named Martin Edelston, and they used to say that the biggest problem people have is they're trying to create markets, right? Instead of finding the demand. And I think what you gave a great example of was just listening. Yeah. And then the demand kind of came to you where I think where a lot of people struggle. And I know you have entrepreneurs on the show and people that are yeah. maybe trying to become entrepreneurs. They're out there trying to invent something or create something. When in truth, what they should be doing is building that group of people and then listening for the demand. And I think mm-hmm. that's a huge mistake we all make because yeah. we can all be great marketers if we just listen for the demand. We could all be great sellers on eBay and Amazon if we could buy it cheaper than everybody else. Those are basics, right? And for some reason, we always try to get too cute with this stuff. And what happens is it, it just hurts us where if we just listen to the demand, we'd make sales. If we could just buy things cheaper and put them out there, we'd make money. <laughs> just that's yeah. how it works. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, we overcomplicate it and going back to the basics and simplicity is, is the key. So you've hosted the Morning Coach podcast for so 15 years now, if I got the, right, the roughly... Yeah, the day, like right? 14 years, but with the conference call, it's been 15 years. So I think I'm on 3,806 episodes. I never used to do it on the weekends, but now I do it 365 days of the year. So how many episodes have you done? Uh, 3,806, I believe was today's. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode 3,806. Yeah, it's pretty insane. And let me ask you the format, right? This is you giving kind of your best wisdom. Am I right? Yeah, 15 minutes a day. And so if you listened to the beginning till now, you would have to listen. I think it was 35 days, 24 hours a day. And you could listen to all the content. You can catch up. All right. Um, So that's an insane amount of wisdom that you've collected, that you've shared. Having hosted the Morning Coach podcast for 15 years, done 3,800 plus episodes, what would you say has been the most valuable and helpful wisdom that you've shared that you can kind of encapsulate and share with our audience now? Again, Achieve Your Goals podcast, like what's the greatest wisdom you've learned on, hey, if you want to achieve your goals, your dreams, you want to create results in your life, like, you know, these are the top three things that you have to do or the number one strategy or, well, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, no, I just see it all the time, Hal. It's fear, overcoming Mm -hmm. fear, you know, and having the faith to go out there and make mistakes. It goes all the way back to what we started with, authenticity, right? You you can't be afraid to go out there and fail because Mm -hmm. you're going to. We all suck at the beginning with all the things we do. And it's just, you got to go out there and give it your best shot and learn from that, right? And I think having that like different view on failure is so key, but really it's the fear. We all are, you know, all afraid of going out there and doing things. I still am. Sure, me too. You know, and so, yeah, so I'm just trying to get people to open their minds up to different ways of living and to different thought processes and the ways to get over that fear so they can go be their best self. So give, give us something. How, give, how do you get over the fear? How do you get over it or how do you act in spite of it? You have to get that big why. You know, you got you to gotta get really excited about what you're doing and you got to take a chance. You just got to go out there and do it. Like one of my, the people that listens to me, Janelle Mills was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, she decided her, her little baby got burned on a seat and she didn't know what to do, right? So she decided, well, I'm going to go try to figure this out. So she just started talking to friends and created a concept called Kuwazu. Next thing she knew, she was on Shark Tank. Huh. So 
I think you just have to go do things and you can't be afraid of failure. I, I mean, that's the number one thing. I mean, I failed so much. I mean, there was a guy going to the bathroom in my podcast at the start, you know, the dog <laughs> used to bark, you yeah. know, and the perfection thing really kills people. And whether you're going for a promotion at work, you know, or you're trying to build something, you've got to go out there and just start doing it. You know, being a, a student, a constant student is one of the things that'll kill you. And we are all students, right? Yeah. You have to actually start doing things. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's been said the only failure is either in not trying or in giving up too soon. And I think that that, what you're talking about, right, is that, yeah, the fear is there. It's always going to be there. Even the most successful, achieving people in the world, right, they're always afraid of the next level that they're pursuing, right, that they're aspiring to reach or afraid of the next challenge and what it might mean if they don't overcome it or if they fail. And uh, I think that, yeah, it literally is as simple, not easy, but it's as simple as going, okay, I feel fear, right? That's okay. I feel that, you know, and, and it might even be as far as going, you know what? I love myself in spite of having fear. And even though I have the fear, I'm going to do the thing I'm afraid of. And even though I might fail, I'm going to accept that that's a possibility and still do the thing, right? I mean, it's so simple as you just got to do the things you're afraid of. The only real failure is not in not getting the outcome that you want, right? Because that just gives you more information to pivot and go after a different outcome or a new outcome. But it's just, it's in not trying in the first place, letting your fear stop you or in giving up because you're afraid. So I love that. So that's the first thing is overcoming. You say fear, having faith to make mistakes and fail, have that big why that drives you to be willing to do the thing you're afraid of. What else? What other uh, wisdom have you Well, shared? I think the second thing is, is that people get so caught up in the minutiae of life, whether it's at their corporate job or in their business, that they forget to do the one or two things that two years from now, three years from now are going to make the big difference. So we overestimate what we can do in a little, little bit of time. We underestimate what we can do in a long time. So we stop writing the book. We stop, you know, making the building the business on the side because life takes over. And what happens is Monday becomes Friday, Friday becomes a month, a month becomes a year. Then you're 10 years later, you go, gosh, if I would only done this. Mm. So finding a way to fit in those one or two things every day that are going to make a difference, maybe not this year, but in two years and five years and 10 years and not neglecting those. I see so many people neglect the really important things that are going to make the big difference. Maybe learning a language, adding skills, you know, just getting out of the minutia of life and focusing on those one or two things that can really add value later on down the road. So what I picked up within what you just said is that what prevents people from doing that, it seems like is a, is a lack of urgency. Would you say that there's some truth to that? Yeah, I would say there's no immediate result, right? So yeah. it's like, I'm learning a language, what's this going to do for me? Well, if you become fluent in five years, you open another, like, just think of if, and I'm working on my Spanish, I'm almost fluent. I could do morning coach in Espanol, that uh-huh. opens up a whole nother market to me. Yeah, yeah, great point. I love that. You know, but it's going to take years and years to become fluent. So, you know, what can you do? I mean, that book that you've had there, there's so many people want to write a book. You did amazing with yours, right? But the reason they haven't written the book is because it's something they don't see the immediate result and it's going to take a long time to finish. So they put it on the side and then it never gets written because life will take over. So finding those one or two things that you need to do every day that you do that are going to take you to your dreams and are really important or hit your big goals. Got it. So find the one or two things, commit to doing those every day, even though the results might take, you know, months, years to manifest. All right. Anything else that you'd like to share that you think is is really helpful for people to 
you know? I think you, we brought it up earlier, being authentic, but not being a victim. And you know, the thing I love about you, how you've had your mm-hmm. challenges along the way, right? But you, you're authentic without the victimhood. And I think that's a hard thing for a lot of us because we want to be authentic. And sometimes when we start to talk about our scars a little too much, we become that scar. So the scars are what our strength are, but we are not our scars. So we need to rise above them and not be a victim to the things that can hold us back. And, and, and that's where I think the, I, don't, I hate the word balance, but you got to yeah. have that, that mixture, right? Where you're very vulnerable, but yet you're strong enough to not be the victim and let things hold you down and see that life is what it is. Like we were having a conversation earlier, you know, it's, it's how can you see the brighter things in life and, and, and find that some way when you're going through the pits of hell, right? I mean, how can you get through that and not fall into victimhood? I think it's so critical. Yeah, it's something that I can relate to having for the first time in my life, really kind of felt like a victim recently. Go, man, why does all this bad crap happen to me? (laughs) Other people have been wondering that for a long time. But so for you, being authentic without being a victim and staying optimistic, is there any part of your daily practice, whether it's meditation or affirmations or visualization or anything that you do or just even a mantra or a mindset that helps you to stay positive, stay optimistic while you're being authentic and failing forward, if you will? I'm going to preach to your choir, right? You know, it's all about that morning routine. You know, I got to set up my mornings, right? I am the morning coach. You know, I listen to morning coach in the morning. I want it something positive. I actually listen to myself because I don't, I, I kind of believe I, I don't want to say channel it, but it comes yeah. for us and I don't get to listen to it, right? So, I love it, yeah. Yeah, I listen to it in the morning. You know, I believe having that strict morning routine, I have my lemon water, you know, with my certain stuff that I put in there that I detox with. I, I just think that more, I mean, who am I talking to? How right? morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's you get it right, but yeah, I think it's sure. setting up the morning, setting up your day to win is so critical, so critical. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, JB, I would imagine that on your other three thousand eight hundred and six episodes, you that you just scratched the surface, if even that, on the wisdom you contain, man. So I love your authenticity, and I do. I love the way you think about business too. Just that you really look at how can I add value in any financial compensation will be a result of a reflection of how much value you're adding and how many people that you're helping. So JB, thanks for the work that you do in the world and have been doing for a long, long, long time. No, thank you, brother. We're both at this thing. I mean, I love it. It's, it's, this has been a long time. It needed to happen a long time ago. You know, we're kind of the morning guys getting people motivated. And I think it's so important. <laughs> I know. It, yeah, it is funny, dude. It's, uh, yeah, I know how much uh, you sell on that morning coach domain for. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Anyway, man, no, uh, love to you, brother. Um, I'm sure you got some golf to go do, but uh, I really uh, I enjoyed this conversation, enjoyed our conversation the other day. I enjoyed the start of many conversations to come. And uh, if there's anything that I can do to support you and your work and your mission, please don't hesitate to let me know. No, and vice versa. I'm ready to go, man. We got the morning world. I love it. Let's keep it going. Let's keep the energy, you know, out there and 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 keep helping people. You know, that's the whole key. If we can get people away from, you know, thinking they can't do it, you know, and believing they can, we're gonna move much closer to making the world a better place. And that's really what it's all about. It is. It is. We're part of the big human family. So all right. Well, goal achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, thank you for listening to today's episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast, talking with JB Glossinger. And uh, by the way, JB, is it Glossinger or Glossinger? I should know that. Yeah, you're pretty good, Glossinger. I mean, Glossinger, okay, all right. So yeah, that worked. The G was a little too hard there. JB Glossinger, known as the Morning Coach. You can check out his podcast on iTunes or check him out at morningcoach.com. 
gmail.com. And uh, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. And uh, until next week, go out this week, wake up early, right? Nail that morning routine because if you do win the morning every day, it puts you in a position to win the day, right? So putting yourself in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual place in the morning enables you to give your best throughout the rest of the day and it improves your relationships, your health, your happiness, everything else. So I love you. I really appreciate you listening today and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 